Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale. My friends Amy Radowski, Charlie Yodi, Kat Shear love fitness as a sport as much as I do. We are all 40 plus Masters Age athletes who give all we have to lead a healthy, active life. We also want to bring you athlete interviews, human interest stories, and all the news surrounding the sport of fitness. If you like what you hear, consider giving us a five-star rating and writing a review. We are also available with full video on YouTube at the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast, as well as all traditional podcast platforms. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Clydesdale underscore fitness and friends. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Switzer. I am your host, and I am the Clydesdale. We like to do fitness, and these are my friends. I got Amy and Kat from the Normal Crew, and we got our special guest back again. Uh, now third time on the podcast, Patrick Clark from the Morning Chalk Up. It's like the on the Saturday Night Live when they have the like five-time member like we need to get you some kind of special thing for when you're yeah. the like five-time guest on here he'll get the smoking jacket with the number five <laughs> on it <laughs> the presence of being surrounded by such great minds is all i need <laughs> awesome <laughs> well now it's getting deep so let's uh so it's been a crazy day in the world of crossfit we had i had a whole agenda planned out this morning of what we were going to talk about tonight and that is in the trash right over there uh, because we have a new owner with CrossFit. Reactions? I'm stoked. I'm super excited about this. Uh, this is what, this was the pie in the sky. And I can't believe it. It was delivered. I mean, I think there's still a lot, you know, like we're all trying to kind of process and kind of see what's happening. This happened very quickly. Um, obviously, I think this has been in the works before we've known and been aware of things, but um, this was a pie in the sky I was hoping for. I think it was a great announcement that um, Eric is going to be, uh, you know, buying CrossFit, taking over a CEO. Um, I think it's great. I'm excited. It happened so quickly, too. Um, really um tremendous and unbelievable like i really don't think you know i know in my heart of hearts i never thought that he would that greg would sell the company and i know you know a lot of other minds in the space were, were saying the same thing the chances of that were so slim um so the fact that this has happened with you know in the matter of three weeks is pretty awesome it's very promising yeah um i i Figured he was going to sell. It was just a matter of when. And then with all the news that came out through, you know, through the New York Times, I figured it was going to happen a lot quicker than it normally I, than it normally would have. Um, everyone knows Greg as a very, uh, you know, abrasive person, but you know he is a very intelligent person too. And I think if he would have held on, like most people thought he was, where he was just going to burn it down, that. Um, it would have destroyed his legacy and CrossFit is his legacy. And as long as CrossFit's alive, he's still relevant. So, um, you know, seeing him sell, 
well, I wasn't surprised seeing him sell that quick. Uh, I was surprised, but in light of everything that happened with him over the last week, uh, at the same time, I'm not too surprised. Yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of with you. It's kind of funny, though. The reason that everybody was upset uh, was because he was the sole owner. But turns out that that actually made it easier for him to sell this quick. There was no board of directors that they had to go through. There was no voting. You know, he could just sell on a whim. Now, this is not official till next month is what I understand. And I don't know what the exact date of that is. Uh, but everybody has released statements. Um, in fact, what I'll do is I will put the... Wait, uh, but Kras oh, go ahead, Amy. I was just going to say, like, yes, like, it's not totally official, but but we also have to realize, like, Eric is a businessman, as is Greg Glassman. It, they would not be making this kind of announcement if it was not this far into it. If it was, if it was something that they had to be like, oops, you know, too soon. Like, I, I think we need to respect that they are businessmen and understand that I don't think an announcement would have been made unless this has already really kind of threw a lot of hoops so far well coincidentally it's, it's no uh, like like you said in the youtube uh interview on zoom uh with dave castro is that um this has been something that's going on for about two or three weeks and like i said coincidentally it happens to go uh, happens to fall in line when all this started happening with his comments and his uh his email to Alyssa, and um so you know, this is something that, you know, he probably has been thinking about for a while. I, I mean, since he did that, I mean, it shows that he had some, um, what do you want to call it? Some sense. Yeah, exactly. Some sense that he did something wrong and that instead of burning it down, like we, you know, like most people thought he was going to do, he's like, well, I can still, you know, save my, you know, my my baby and at the same time still make make some money off of it yeah. yeah i think i think a good point is what what amy has said in past podcasts is that you know it took people to stand up for for us to get change and with people saying that the only way they were coming back is if greg sold you know maybe that got to him right away and that's when he looked or he was at least approached with the idea uh, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it's, I mean, yeah, obviously the community standing up, whether it be the athletes, sponsors and a community, I think it was all a combination and I don't think it was really their words it was more the hit that he took. I mean, think about it. I mean, that just one day, Sunday and Monday, he lost probably easily like $10 million, you know, between between just affiliates and, you know, Reebok and all these other sponsors, Rogue, you know, you know, kind of just stepping back. I mean, I mean, that, that, that that's a big paycheck. Uh, that's, that's a lot of money taken out of your wallet um, for a tweet and an email and a couple of Zoom calls. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that made him realize that, okay, this is some serious stuff I just did. And, you know, and then he's like, okay, let's find someone I could sell this to. I think this was the only positive way out for him. Yeah, I, I think yeah. you're right. As long as, as you're sane and looking at it, I think we, we just didn't have the confidence that he was going to look at it as a sane individual. 
but sure. but he sure. but he did. So what I'm going to do here is uh, the day kind of started uh, with a post on Twitter uh, from Dave Castro. And I'm going to put that up on the screen now. Um, and this was the announcement that Eric was going to be taking over as the new CEO and owner of CrossFit. And I'll let you read that for yourself. And then I'm going to put up on the screen here, uh, Eric's post um, kind of stating, and that was done on Instagram. Uh, stating that he was taking over as a CEO and owner and very eloquently written. I mean, I don't know if a statement could have been better written for the situation that CrossFit was in. And so that's kind of what started our day and, and the announcement that everything was there. Um, and so then we moved on to trying to find out as much as we could about uh, Eric Rosa and what he has done in his past. And so he actually started a company called uh, Data Logics. And 80% of the top 100 marketers and all digital publishers used his company for their digital media, media storage. Uh, and he ended up selling that company to Oracle uh, for $1.2 billion. billion. <laughs> yes, with a B billion dollars that's and no so, dummy and so that that leads us to believe that he is he did this all on his own he did not need investors but that's an assumption too um unless patrick you know more about that i've tried to well, find i i think the the best play of that is like not only did he sell but he stayed on as a senior vice president so not oh, only yeah. was, he was he was still collecting a paycheck so he was still holding a title. Um, yeah. So not only did he sell, most people, when they sell off, they're done with it. I mean, you know, they, they sell it, they're no longer part of it. And that shows you how important a piece, not only him, but he was just as much as a, a brand and a part of that company, Data Logics, than he, than, you know, he, he was more important to them as a person, uh, um, not just a property he has, but also him as a person. So that just shows you that this guy is, um, uh, he has a lot of value in him. Not only is he smart, but he knows what he's doing. And what a lot of people don't know is Oracle has been around for a long time as a database um, software, uh, running software for, or running databases from behind the scenes. What he, what he was senior vice president of was Oracle Cloud Storage, which was a brand new company when he took over that senior vice president role. And he grew it to $10 billion in four years. Yep. So that's a, that's a pretty, pretty awesome uh, track record in the business. Let's go. World. It, it was go. Michigan education. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, okay. This was the one part I was reading everything. I'm all in. I am. I'm like, this is it. And then I saw it. And, and Scott was reading it to me. My husband, he was like, we can't. We're out. We're out. He went to Michigan. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to look past it. And he also went to Stanford, got his uh, MBA from Stanford. Uh, that is not a small feat for anybody in the business world. That is a highly acclaimed master's of business there. Uh, and then he retired in 2019 to spend more time with his family uh, and do the things he loved to do because, you know, he was balling for a couple of years. 
He's a baller. That's for sure. Well, here's, here's what I was talking about earlier, Scott. Um, I love the fact that he talked about this today. Uh, he has always dreamed of running this company, right? So he's been involved with CrossFit for over 10 years and, you know, he's got all this money <laughs> to play with. Um, and when he initially opened up his box, like Amy said, it was a labor of love. He didn't have to do it. He just wanted to sort of spread the methodology and get more people involved. He talked about how his mom, you know, before she died, found CrossFit and, and was doing it. And, uh, you know, really surreal for him to be now at the helm of this business that, you know, he probably eight, nine years ago thought, God, wouldn't it be cool if I could, if I could run this. So really found that opportunity, jumped right in and seems like, you know, at this point, like, you know, a perfect fit. Um, I'm super excited. He's, doing what, oh, he's doing what we all want to do. Um, anyone that's yeah. owned an affiliate or been in a box, well, man, if I was running CrossFit, if I yeah. had X amount of dollars and I could buy CrossFit, this is what I would do. Mm -hmm. So that's the great thing about him. He's one of us. He's one, he's an affiliate owner. He just happens to have a little bit more, you know, money than more cash. Right. <laughs> But he, but that's where I love his, the, the hire and his mentality. And uh, if you listen to that interview, I mean, none of that, none of it, just everything seemed like it was from the heart. Everything, like you said, labor of love is the best way he used it and the best way to describe it. And it's, it's, you know, that's what ultimately what we want to do. We all want to work hard so that way we can enjoy what we want later on in life. And uh, he's doing that to our, and I think we're all going to benefit from that. At least I hope we do. The part that is also I find really comforting is that, yes, CrossFit means a whole lot more to all of us, like personally and all that, but as a business of CrossFit, as he even talked about, as a brand, the fact that he is coming at, at this with business experience is much more comforting than thinking like, okay, yeah, here's somebody that can just kind of step in and run things, but this is business savvy experience, which to me is really important. Well, it's yeah, like what I, oh, go ahead. Now, I was, he, he's going to bring this methodology into modern times too, right? Like it really hasn't evolved at all. It's been the same lecture, the same, you know, journal articles for, and granted they're timeless, right? There's, you, you can't really change what, what's been established. Um, but there needs to be a little bit of modernization to, to the process, to the affiliates, to the methodology, to the execution of the methodology and all that. And I think that innovation is what he's going to bring to the table. And it's going to just, it's going to be super cool to see. When, when Greg first started CrossFit, it was, as I described to you guys earlier, it was a Huffy mountain bike, right? Yeah. Not even the best mountain bike. And it had to be developed. And he had the business acumen to ride a Huffy mountain bike. Now it's an F-14 fighter plane and Greg didn't have the acumen to run something that sophisticated. The business grew exponentially over 20 years and now it needs a pilot. It needs a pilot who can run that complex machine. And that's what we got. And there were a couple of takeaways I, I got from today and that is, that expansion of Oracle, he did that in over a hundred countries around the world. So he has international business experience, not just business experience. And that's, that's a necessity in CrossFit, right? Yep. He also talked about stakeholders being the most important thing. And the most important thing is identifying who those are. And off the cuff, he names affiliates, athletes, and games athletes, right? 
and then a couple other things as he as he rolled on but but he's already starting the process of where do i have to focus my attention and who do i have to benefit and then i love the line never let a crisis go to waste yeah that was good you know where where i work for the state of ohio we have crisis all the time and if you're not learning from that crisis you're you're buried and uh, so we see that all the time and then i loved the games athlete analogy that he thinks the games are important because they're meant to us for you to aspire and inspire um and he wants to show a linkage between a regular athlete to a games athlete um and i think there's an importance there yeah you bring that up and it shows you how much contrast and difference between him and Greg. Um, you weren't in that room last year uh, for the media when they, he, when Greg brought in all the media and for 45 minutes, he talked about um, anything mainly about himself and CrossFit <laughs> health, but he brought up, um, I think Jessica danger brought up the whole point of like, you know, him ignoring the masters and games uh, and age group uh, athletes. Mm-hmm. And basically he said that, you know, we should, no one should aspire to be them because it's not reasonable. And, you know, he just kind of downplayed the, the, the games and the games athletes. And it's like the two different, different views. And it's just, mm-hmm. I just don't agree with that. It's like any other sport. If you wanted to, and that's the thing, he didn't think, he didn't want it to be a sport, but he, but, you know, we all, most of our heroes, most of the people that we strive to be have, happen to be athletes and what better athlete to, follows someone that's healthy and someone that's successful. Yeah. I mean, Dave has got to be thrilled, right. With this decision because, you know, the games are, are Dave Castro's baby and his former boss called it a sideshow, mm-hmm. right. Thought it really could, could have cared less about it. So I think the fact that they've got someone in there now that thinks that the games have, has some value and that those athletes are valued is going to, you know, means a lot to a lot of people. Even us, even us that aren't athletes, because you know we love the sport of it as well. What I know, I had a hard time finding more information about Eric. You know, you want to know as much as you can going into this, so you can kind of predict the future. But um, one of our former guests is actually a member of CrossFit. uh, Is it Salinas? Salinas. 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 And uh, and it's Lindsay Love Jenks, uh, the owner of Macro Stacks. It's our episode 37, if you want to go back and check that out. Um, But I reached out to her today because she is a member of Eric's gym. And she is more than that. They actually became close personal and business friends. um, And she considers Eric to be her mentor and really helped her through her business, um, through macro stacks a lot. Um, Let me find this real quick. She sent me a couple quotes. And I don't want to misquote her. she said that I am sure change will be hard. I know he won't hesitate, but at the end of the day, I am confident he is the best fit for this job. Uh, and that's someone who knows him um, very intimately um, as, as a businesswoman um, and him helping her through her business and, and working out at his gym every, every day. So uh, she thinks she is confident that he is the right selection for this job. Mm-hmm. It was interesting watching the Instagram feed today. Kat even sent us a little uh, video of this happening. But even at uh, about 10, 
45, we, you know, found him on Instagram and saw how many followers he had. And now we're almost to 50,000. It was about 10,000 when we were on there. It's about 50,000 followers. Now that might be the fastest growth I've ever seen. On it was Instagram. literally just watching and refreshing and it just kept going up and up. It was so cool to see. I even said something. I, I started following him and he had like 7,500 followers okay. and within yeah. Yeah, yeah within a couple minutes he was above 10k i was like 2000 when when i was on there and yeah. then uh and it's so funny because during that time the people he follows have only gone up by one <laughs> yeah you know who that one person is dave castro okay well follows dave castro now okay. but before that he the the mutual people were following is uh that i recognize as fraser and crossfit those are the only other two. Everything else were just, yeah, <laughs> they were his friends or associates. Yeah, I'd be curious to see what his account looked like yesterday because well, I'm I sure think he, he just created deleted everything. Yeah. Oh, you think? I bet you, I thought maybe he had one before and just deleted everything. Yeah. You know, what I, speaking of Castro, <laughs> I'd like to know what his role is going to be now. Right. I mean, he, he current, I guess currently he's CEO. And then when this happens, Eric's going to be CEO. So are they going to make an announcement about what Castro's role is? You know, just, you know, last week he came out and said, this will be my last year programming the games. Oh, I, th I think anything said, and, and that's one of the questions I had too, anything said between him becoming CEO and today you have to take with a grain of salt because there's a new owner in town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to have a different philosophy and a different view. And we don't even know if Dave is a part of that view or philosophy. I mean, you look at most sports. Uh, I mean, whenever they bring in a new coach or a new administrator or in the college athletics, they bring in a new AD. They typically want to put their people in there. They'll keep some holdovers. But I'm sure um, with him and his background in running a corporation and, you know, in a tech world that he may not like the, some of the upper people that, you know, a lot of people are claiming are toxic. I'm not saying Dave's a part of that, but there are other people in there at higher positions that he might not agree with, or he may, may not fit into his leadership style. So he, you know, he obviously knows a lot of people. He's well connected and he's going to put the people that he knows that he's most comfortable with in positions to succeed so that way he can succeed. Um, so we don't know if Dave's a part of that. Um, I think, I think it would be, I think it'd be a mistake if Dave wasn't in some way a part of that, especially with the, within the games, even mm -hmm. as a programmer or whatever you want to call it. But um, it's, it's interesting. When I read his, when I read Dave's statement, you know, he kept on saying like one thing that caught me and maybe it's just me reading into words is like, it's something along the lines where he, you know, it's great having him to be having him on the team. And I'm like, he's not on the team. He, he runs. The he team. is. Yeah. He, you know, he's your boss now. He's your boss now. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So it, it, it'll be interesting. I don't know if there's more. We don't know. I mean, all we know is that he is proposing to buy the company. And he, uh, when he buys it, he'll also be CEO. How long that's going to be, we don't know. We don't know the terms. We don't know if it's 100% buy, if he bought 51%. We have no idea. We have no idea if some of it was contingent on certain. We never know well, that. Um, but, you know. 
Yeah. And I would imagine too, that if, if this is not going to be final in, until another month and they kept, you know, that's been mentioned a couple times now in posts and things, does that mean that we shouldn't expect to hear any sort of major developments until then? Because it's probably premature for them to announce any other things like these district representatives and, you know, all the other things that sort of have been have been floating around there. Uh, I'll just be curious to see, because I'm sure if another week goes by and there's not some announcement about this moving forward or that moving forward, people are going to lose their shit again, you know, and be like, what's going on? Not me personally, but, you know, I just, the, the people in the forums that love to, you know, bitch and complain about everything. What? So, <laughs> so this is my thought, right? The, the sale is kind of like, like you're buying a house, right? You have a closing date. And until that closing date, you can back out of that. And so I think he has to be very careful because he doesn't want to do anything that is going to set Greg off. I, I don't think so. I, yeah, I don't think that. But I also think when you think about closing, like the closing of a house, you don't get the keys and you can't start ripping wallpaper down, you know, until the settlement date. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, I, I just want people to not expect... And if, and if we do, great, but people should not be expecting anytime soon to hear what's next and what's the next plan and when is, when is this person going to be selected and when are we going to hear about the staff and what's Dave's job and all these things that we have questions about. I just, I think it would be irresponsible of us or irrational of us to expect those kinds of details until it's signed and sealed and delivered. That's all. And plus there's also the, uh, the wild... <laughs> The wild card in all this, all this is Greg. Um, we don't know what's going to go on between now and Greg, now and then. And Greg, what if something? You know, there's a lot of stuff out there about Greg right now, and right, uh, I'm sure there's more. Exactly. I mean, if more stuff comes up, who knows? Maybe, maybe it hurts the value even more, the brand even more. That it's he may seem like he may he may not even think it's recoverable. You know, so I don't know. Well, and. You know, the one thing that I think is probably working in Greg's favor right now is all this is distracting everybody from the New York Times article that came out this weekend. Um, and that, that stuff still is being alleged. Um, and that, that's still being directed at Greg. Um, and so what happens to that? Are, are these people going to come forward still? Maybe they never were. I don't know. Um, but we have to remember it didn't start with the New York Times article. True. It started with Stump's podcast. And what did Stump bring up? NDAs. Yeah. Well, right. yeah, that was the other thing I was wondering. So with uh with Eric coming in, you know, are all those I would love for him to come out with like, hey guys, all those NDAs, throw them away. Like I mean, we're Nicole. done. Come know, back. Let's bring we, it on. Let's talk about it. It yeah, depends that, on what the contract easy. says, though. The right. NDA could say, no, you can't speak about Greg or you can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's been, it's been interesting. <laughs> it's been crazy. Uh, it just keeps on getting crazier and crazier. I mean. Uh. <laughs> just like 2020. I know. Exactly. What, what's going on in July, you know? We're not even halfway through. <laughs> well, almost. 
almost, but seriously, jeez. Well, it, one thing I would, I, I think, um, he seems like he's very open. He he brought up the media a couple times, and he also even even name dropped Morning Chalk Ups. Well, you know, yay for us. Um, but it seems like he's a little bit more media savvy in terms of letting the media be the media. And I think Greg was, I think Greg was actually doing that, but I know like, you know, before with CrossFit having their own media department, they controlled the media. And I think he really wants, you know, the media to get involved, whether it be podcasts, bloggers, you know, media outlets uh, that cover CrossFit. I think he wants to use that as an extension to expand the brand and make it more worldwide. Um, So hopefully that works out. I mean, you know, when it sounds like you won't have to have your doctorate to, to interview this guy either. Cause I mean, like the only person that I've ever, you know, it's very hard to get a good interview (laughs) out of Greg because he just kind of goes off on tangents and he's hard to control. So that was always, you know, difficult to even get him to speak. Although in the YouTube YouTube live, I did learn a new word. Oh, an alpinist. An alpinist. Oh yeah. <laughs> is that someone who climbs mountains? It is. Yeah. With oxygen or without oxygen? Yeah. Yeah. Alpinist. So did anybody else uh notice during that um YouTube um that Dave was wearing a Reebok sweatshirt? And do you think that was done intentionally? Wasn't Eric wearing a Nike sweatshirt? Or no? I don't know what he was wearing. He was wearing a pullover i don't know what it was but i did notice you know dave's and what i did notice it was the old reebok logo which reebok is now going going to uh-huh. um right. so they're they if you notice they got especially on the last two iterations of the their um the shoes they've gotten away from the the uh the triangle you're right yeah so, interesting so it wasn't a throwback sweater. It looked brand new or hoodie. And that it was the old, uh, the, the classic Reebok logo. So, yeah, they, they've got to mend fences with the sponsors as well, which he did not mention as one of just off the top of his head as one of the stakeholders, but they are a, a very important stakeholder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So any last comments about our new CEO? I mean, I, yeah, I'm just curious to know, you know, what the relationship is going to be with Rogue going forward. Um, I think that's going to be telling. And um, we, I want Nicole back. Same. That's all. Love Nicole. Yep. I think that's pretty universal. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Hey, even like, so I've been like, you know, trolling the internet today just to kind of see what people's responses have been. Um, you know, I, I, Honestly, I've actually been quite busy with my work, so I haven't been able to be on her as much as I wanted to. But I did see like Julie Fouché comment that she was super excited um, and she, you know, did hashtag I commit to CrossFit. So um, I'm interested to just kind of see some of our, our other, you know, OGs kind of respond to this. Yeah, I did see I've probably a good 10, 10 either seminar staff or athletes say that they were back and there's something really, if you want to see something funny, BJ or BKG, BKG yeah. posted a really funny video on Instagram about his reaction. Okay, cool. Um, the Wolf of Wall Street one? Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really good. 
Oh, I love DKG. <laughs> that guy is awesome. Um, probably, probably the the most uh, emphatic that he's back. Um, but yeah, you'll you'll like that. Check it out. Um, so let's talk about some other good news. Uh, there were there's was an online qualifier over the weekend mm-hmm. for the Mayhem Madness team competition, and it it got a little bit interesting because some games athletes actually joined teams uh, and did the qualifier. And so at the moment they have nine teams from the sanctionals that are already qualified and they were looking for three more spots to fill. Now the people that already qualified could do the online qualifier to get a draft position to pick workouts. So, but of the top four, only one of the top four already qualified. And that was the second place finisher, P10 Performance. It's and that, that was the former Travis Williams team with Andrea Nissler, Taylor Williamson, Roy Gamboa. And they added Chandler Smith for the online qualifier. Yeah, they did. Took second place. But they already had a spot. So fourth place were the Canadians. That is Samuel Cormier, uh, Jeffrey Adler, Emily Rolfe, and Carland Reason Tebow. They so they get a spot. Team Misfit with Caroline Connors, Paige Semenza, Jordan Cook, and Austin Spencer. They took third. And first place was Team Krypton with Alex Smith, Alessandra Pacelli. Street Horner and Caroline Prevost. Dang, that's I like that lineup. Yeah. Sandy Pacelli. She's been, I haven't heard of her, that name in a while. She is one of my favorite crossers. I was going to say, it's one of Scott's. All Scott time. Yeah. Do you call her Sandy? Do you go by, does she go by Sandy with you or Alessandra? Uh, no. I, I like saying I, Alessandra. Okay. Because I think her closest friends call her Sandy. So. Yeah. I, um, I, I've been a big fan of hers for a long time, but. So cool to see her win the online qualifier with Alex Smith and Street Horner. Do you have a selfie with her? I do not. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yet. Yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I met her at the games in 17, uh, but didn't get, a, didn't get a picture. Are we, so, is anybody going to that mayhem? Patrick, are you going to be there for that? Um, right now, the plan is yes. Um, we haven't really gotten much in terms of media um, response yet. Um, but I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll probably be there. We'll, well, we're going to ask if we can be there to cover that. So mm-hmm. hopefully uh, they'll put the dream team de- back together, me and Nikki, you know, since we went down there to cover uh, uh, hey, the mystery. I, I guarded your hey. camera really well. I know. So you know, <laughs> did, you, did you apply to volunteer again? I did not. Um, the, I didn't know where I was with work and all that kind of stuff. Now I wish I would have because yeah. I have the time, but. Well, but I'm I, sure you call some favors in there. Maybe give Josh a call. Yeah, I know a lot of the guys down there, so I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but you did bring up some really good points there. Um, like I said, um, um, obviously, Mayhem, uh, which was surprising because I thought they were going to actually do the qualifier themselves. So that way they can do seating. But I guess they automatically they, – they don't get to pick any of the workouts in the draft. 
But I uh, still would like to see their scores up there, even though they wouldn't have been eligible for anything, just to see where they, they stack up. So obviously they've done the workouts. They've probably timed in. They're probably comparing their scores to what's it's on, on the buttery bros. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, yeah, from my understanding that uh, that Krypton team, Alec uh, kind of threw that together last minute. Um, he had some other people he wanted uh, on that team, but for other reasons, it didn't, it didn't work out. So it'll be interesting because the Canadians and even uh, Prevo, um, obviously there's uh, there's some restrictions in terms of traveling. So hopefully those will be lifted by a time in shoot, shoot, almost less than a month. So uh, a lot of the Canadian restrictions are being lifted as I've, I'm watching some hockey news. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that could be wide open by that time. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of – I look at some of these teams and I still – Still, it has to be mayhems to, to lose. Um, you know, um, the only other team that I think that could probably keep up with them would probably be B10 Performance because of because of Taylor, and because of Taylor. yeah, you know, and 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 Roy because he's worked with them and Chandler Chandler's been he's competed with them. He's uh last year at the um, at Dubai he was on a team with Taylor and I think I think Andrea was on that team as well. So he's uh, and they're training right now. They're, if you go to any one of their Instagram pages, they're, they're deep in the heart of Texas right now, just working on the worm and training and, and as, as, uh, and Travis Williams is actually training with them too. So, um, he's probably the alternate on that team. So it, it cracked me up going to Chandler's page or I don't know whose page it was, but they were talking about the, you know, team and they were, it was the, would you be on our team? And he was like, duh. Cause we'll win. Yeah. <laughs> right. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, those girls are no joke. No, yeah, are. yeah. They're, they're probably the only females that can compete with the mayhem females. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe even better, to be honest. They've I think, been together for so long. Yeah, I think I think with them is uh, individually. Um, if if it was just like a women uh, two on two women versus women competition, I think they would hold the advantage over the mayhem, um, just because of just their they're just, they're really good. Um, and that's not taking anything away from Tasha or China because they're obviously pretty awesome themselves. But, uh, um, but when you, you get those, you get the, all four of them together, um, you know, and if you get them on a worm or a synchronized event, you're, you're very hard pressed to beat someone like man. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be fun to watch, you know, there's, there's going to be some good teams. And one thing I kind of left off our agenda, but I just want to just touch on briefly is um, if you didn't see it on Instagram, Loud and Live is going to run the Masters competition that was announced. We've talked about it on this podcast before uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, I don't remember the exact name. It's the Masters Collective? Masters? What's that? The Masters Collective. Yeah, Masters Collective. And looking through the lineup – Almost all the big guns are there. Uh, Ron Ortiz, Valerie Vobrel, um, our boy Ryan Jeff. Elrod. Ryan, I have not seen him on that one yet. I thought I did. A He's on the ago. Legends one for oh, okay, sure. Okay, okay, okay. My mistake, my mistake. But Jeff Goble is signed up for uh, the collective. Um, yeah. They also have a new, um, a new age group, 65 plus, which is very cool. 
because normally that age group is just 60 and over. And I know a lot of people that are like 63, 64 that are competitive that are thinking like, well, this is it for me. (laughs) I'm not going to get any better. Um, But that that extra age group is going to make a difference. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's cool that Loud and Live jumped in to help out with that. Uh, They know how to run an event. They're probably itching to do something. They haven't, you know, all their sanctions got canceled after Wadapalooza. So uh, yeah, gives them something to do. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one, I think. Can we talk about our former guest, Emma Carey, for a second? Oh, my gosh. Unreal. What she did at Dubai, that Dubai online challenge. Yeah, I, I, wanted, I'm, I'm, I wanted to spotlight her even more. But, uh, yeah, she, yeah she, she's, she's quite impressive. So she would have placed, had she been in the open division for women, she would have gotten second third. place, third place, third, third, third place third. overall. Yep. Unreal. Yeah. But and instead she won her division. Yeah. So it's either $0 or three grand as a 16 year, she's 16 years old. Yeah. Just so. the right decision. It was the right decision money wise, but it's so cool her that you can. Her allowance, you know, just wasn't cutting it. Right. <laughs> I love it. When mom asks her to go clean a room, you know, she's doing different types of cleaning. It's like, I'm going to go clean in the garage. I'll see ya. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's kind of cool. I can't, I can't wait for the open, right? I just can't wait for the open for her to, you know, see how she's going to do there. Cause that's. Yeah. It's, she, right. What I love about her in terms of an athlete is that, um, um, she already has that engine. She already has that fun. She's, she reminds me of Haley. She really reminds me of Haley where Haley was known for her engine, her cardio, um, her gymnastics movements. And now Haley, especially those who watched rogue, you saw Haley getting stronger. Um, Mm -hmm. and she's going to continue to get stronger. And I think, uh, she's carries the same way. She's getting stronger. Um, obviously that strength's there. I mean, for her to throw around that, that 55, I think it was a 55 pound dumbbell during the Dubai, um, oh yeah, yeah. It's you know, uh, either, I don't know what it was, but they all had the same weight. But for her, she actually want, She actually had the top time out of all the women in that first workout. And you know, yeah, it's, to see that evolution. Yeah, <laughs> I was really looking forward to seeing her at the games this year. I really was. It's yeah. um, it's a shame, but hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll see her out on the competition floor sooner or later. Yeah, I don't think it's going to take too much longer. Mm-mm. No. It's it's funny because ever since we've had her on, like I've actually been talking to her parents a lot. Um, they're just so proud of her, and it's so fun watching her. Like if if you've seen her snatching lately, it is she is so fast under the bar. It is it's her technique is getting there now. It's just getting enough strength uh, to get that first pull, and boat she'll be like killing it soon. Yeah, and how do we know like how tall she is and how much she weighs? Because she just looks tiny right I, I feel like she needs to put on like another you know 10 15 pounds and you know but i don't i don't have any concept of how tall or how much but she again weighs. she's 16 I can, I can give her 10 or 15 pounds if she know, wants right? it. i can coach her, her on that that's yeah. <laughs> gonna be exciting to see yeah yeah right i mean she's only 16 so all right so let's get to the fun part of our our week and it's our stupid question of the week my favorite Stupid question of the week. And it is, if you won the lottery, where would you have your first meal? 
Okay. I know. You know? <laughs> Australia. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a place to eat. That's a country. Yeah, I'm oh. going. <laughs> I'm gonna Con go to Porter's house. I'm gonna go to Con Porter's house and eat outside of his taco truck oh. outside of Con Porter's house in Australia. Okay, there you go. There, you better bring some, bring some ciders with you. You like ciders? I'll bring I'll bring whatever. I'm there. <laughs> I won the lottery. I'll bring I'll bring him a keg. <laughs> I'll tell Con that. Okay, please do. <laughs> He already said he'd come do some IPA shopping with me in Columbus, so. There you go. All right, Anybody Kat, else got some? I got mine if nobody's ready. Go ahead, Scott. Oh. So mine's very specific. I would go to the gumbo shop in the French Quarter of New Orleans. Hmm. And their gumbo is really good, um, but their po'boys are better there than I've ever had a po'boy anywhere in my life. Um, and that, that is, I would kill one of their po' boys. Love New Orleans. Love the food. As everybody can tell, that's what I'm the Gladsdale. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So this one's hard for me because I, first we didn't get much notice of this one. I wasn't sure this was the one that was going to get picked. How many days and, do you need? And we're, well, I, you gave us like eight to choose from. You didn't tell us which one we were doing. So I didn't know. Um, so this is combining like having a lot of money and being able to spend it on food. And like my food loves are not that complicated. Um, yeah, mine wasn't were, expensive. It was just getting there. Right. Getting Which there. is why I'm paying to travel to Australia. I don't care what I eat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I just like, I think I'd buy Ben and Jerry's probably. Right. I would it. do that. Sorry. Throw out all the fruit. I throw out all the fruit, come up with as many vanilla base ice creams with chocolate and peanut butter that I could think of. And uh, that's what I would do. It'd be called Ben and Jerry and Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Simple. What? Okay. Patrick, you got We're something for us? There. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a restaurant in Oklahoma City. Um, it's called Vast. It's on the top of the the tallest building in Oklahoma city. Um, is that and, like four uh, stories? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I, you know, it's taller than that, but, uh, it's a very, very fancy restaurant. Um, it's the most I ever, I ever paid for a steak, but now I know why people pay hundreds of dollars for steaks because this thing was, is from raised on a farm in Texas. They said the meat was aged 25 years. I'm like, so I'm eating old meat. I'm like, isn't it bad? But I guess that's how old the, the you know, the the cow was, I guess. But uh, it <laughs> the steak the steak just melted in my mouth, and it was amazing. And then the the the, the appetizers was just a meat tray, and um, it was probably the most expensive date and meal I've ever been on in my life. But I always promised myself I'd you know I'd go back there. I just don't have a reason to go back to Oklahoma City any anytime soon. But it it was just yeah, it was the best steak I ever had best steak and the best $25 Budweiser I ever had either. So oh my gosh. yeah. Yeah. I was, I was balling back then. <laughs> yeah. I, I've had a $25 Budweiser before, at the top of the hand. Yeah. Before I became a broke journalist. So, you know, <laughs> at the top of the John Hancock building in Chicago. Yeah. 
Uh, the That's signature great. lounge. Yeah. I've done yeah. brunch up there. It's not bad. Not a bad view. Especially if you can go during um, – Fourth of July, like the Friday during the summers, they used to do fireworks over Lake Michigan. So you're actually above the fireworks looking down. And uh, it's kind of trippy when you're looking down at fireworks and you have a couple drinks in your hand too. So, yeah. 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 The, I got up there. I paid, I paid $25 for Budweiser and the clouds rolled in. I couldn't see shit. So it was, it was really miserable. It's overpaid for your me. beer. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, now I want to look up how they age beef because now I'm very curious. <laughs> you just, <laughs> just to that process. <laughs> I, they were trying to explain it to me, but the guy had an accent, and I was just, <laughs> like, you know, I'm just hungry. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's funny you say that about accents. There was a podcast today I was listening to. I'm not going to say whose podcast it was, but I was very interested in. No, 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 not that one. Okay. But that one's really good too. Um, I was very interested in the subject matter. It was around affiliates and things like that. And the, the guy was from Australia and he had such a thick, fast, quick accent that I could not understand a word of it. I listened for like five minutes, squinting my eyes really hard, trying to understand it. And I couldn't. So Maybe we could find a translator. <laughs> I need like closed captioning. Yeah. What's that? I think has an idea who the translator would like be. Like Khan, maybe? Khan <laughs> <laughs> uh, one track okay. mind. Okay, sorry. What's our next our, topic? All right. And you can't answer Khan Porter. You have to answer something different. Oh, what okay. is your best thing from the internet this week? Did you actually research this week, Amy? I Yes, and I sent it to you already. All right. So there's this Instagram page I follow. Well, it, it's okay. There's some, there's different portions of it but it's like dogs doing things or cats doing things and there's one called kids doing things and it was <laughs> a kid at a <laughs> playground <laughs> and you know the playground's all roped off because of covid and there's a sign that says you know covid playground closed and this this little kid just has a stick and she just keeps beating <laughs> the sign that says the playground's closed and for me it just was perfect because you know i'm all about kids and playing and hanging out and and it just made me laugh beating so, yeah beating things with this you know stick i mean come on that's great cat i know you have one i have a great one so um fluffy duck on instagram josh purtle right he's got he does all these little funny things well the last two days he has done games athletes five men and five women or six men six women with the Snapchat change of gender face on them. Have you seen Khan? It's amazing. Yeah, Khan's Khan's on there. So it's amazing. So he does, he does Tia Claire to me. Tia Claire to me looks like um, Sean Penn. And they got (laughs) Jamie, Jamie Green, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, um, Camille, Brooke Entz, um, Annie Thor's daughter, Katrin, Brooke Wells, Cara Saunders, and um, Carrie Pierce. Carrie Pierce looks like Kirk Cameron. And then, so that was the that was yesterday or today. And then he does Matt Fraser. <laughs> nope. No. No. no Olsen. <laughs> yeah, no. And it's great. just funny because you see these very feminine faces, like juxtaposed on this, like you know, hairy chested body. Yeah. Um, the owner. BKG, BKG, 
Um, Scott Panchik. <laughs> the funny thing is that I knew most of these without having to like look and see. James Newberry I didn't get. James Newberry actually looks really cute. Um, Jacob Hepner, Vellner, who you can't miss, Chandler, Chandler Smith, um, Comforter, and Lucas Hochberg. So good. So good. I mean, wait, hold on. I'm going to show Hepner you. Hepner and Khan did not, I felt awkward looking at those wait. two. This is, <laughs> look at Comforter. No, I mean, look at um, Noah. No, Olsen. Yeah. Like, that is a beautiful face right there. Oh, my gosh. You're right. That doesn't even look like a <laughs> So as a but special... Like, wait, okay. Tia. This is Tia. He even wrote on there, I can never unsee this. Right? <laughs> That's Tia. Just amazing. Okay, you're welcome. Here. So as a treat... Noah. So as a treat... Yes, uh, Kat, Amy, and I did this the filter, and I'm going to put them on the screen now. And if Patrick wants to do one and send it to me, I will add his in as well. Perfect. Uh, Patrick says he's good. <laughs> and we're wearing uh, we're we're wearing this in it, right? Like we did these today. Yep. Yeah. Amy's wearing got the, the same band. shirts. Um, the scary thing for me is I look just like my sister. <laughs> I look Ugh. like, um, who do I think I look like? I look Kevin like James. Nice. Kevin James, isn't he like the king of queens? No, guy? you don't look Who's like that? Kevin James. You look, I feel like I do. No, you look like an action star. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. Okay, what do you got, Scott? What do I have? I have, um, I'm gonna go off, off theme. Um, I was a huge fan of The Sopranos back when it was on. And uh, Joe Rogan had, I'm looking at Steve Sherpa and Michael Imperiola on this week. And they are doing a new podcast where they rewatch every episode of The Sopranos and talk about that episode um, as they're going through their 12 episodes into the series. Um, and I just, it was just, cool to go down memory lane and uh, Steve Sherpa actually didn't start out as an actor. He was a bouncer who turned out to be the talent agent for the Riviera in Las Vegas. And so mm -hmm. he booked talent, became friends with the talent and then they gave him roles and shows and he ended up on the Sopranos. So cool, uh, but a cool. lot of fun and I really, really enjoyed it. And my honorable mention is the buttery bros in Fort Knox because it was awesome. And one of the guys from the Army Warrior Fitness Team, uh, I judged at the Arnold because the Army Warrior Fitness Team competes at the Arnold every year. And uh, so it was cool to see a guy I judged like hanging out with Chandler and the Buttery Bros. Very cool. Hey, you know, we didn't talk about um, Titan, the Titan games. Should we do that real we quick? We did not. There's been so much news that kind of just got... got my, my story, my recap got just it disappeared today. Oh, do you, because of all the other news, you mean? Yeah. And this was actually our, a big week for us because it was two former guests going head to head. against each other, yes. And it was tough to root, um, but it, be, it became obvious real quick who the stronger competitor was. Yeah, Margot's no joke. She's great. 
they're both great, but that was very cool. Curious to see, you know, how far she goes. Well, so far the CrossFitters are pretty much dominating the Titan games. Because they're all CrossFitters. They're just not saying it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Actually, one thing I did notice, if you go to uh, Marco's uh, bio on the MVP page, it actually says CrossFit coach. Okay. So just staying in her bio on the actually NBC page. So. Yeah. That's a little understated though. So I mean, <laughs> no, yeah. 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 Because she's not even a cross. I mean, she's, yeah, she's not even a CrossFit coach anymore. So, um, uh, yeah. The craziest thing I saw on the internet, it wasn't even, I don't know. It's kind of, I'm going to change the tone here for a little bit. I think, um, the craziest thing I saw was the whole Bubba Wallace thing. Uh, when I saw them, um, when I saw the Twitter um, video of the other drivers pushing his car out to the start line, um, you know, I just thought that that was just crazy to me because I, I followed NASCAR pretty, I want to say religiously, but like as I'm, I'm a, I'm not a novice fan, but I follow it. And to just see that much unity around, you know, NASCAR, it was just really, it was, it was heartwarming, but at the same time it, it was just really awkward to see because you don't, you know, it's the, you know, you think NASCAR, you think Confederate flag, you think good old boys, you know, you think all that. And then to just see that happen, them all unite under uh, someone like Bubba, who is just a great guy. And, you know, he, he's an, another example, you know, we talk about the CrossFit community kind of standing up and making change. Well, he did that too. He did that for NASCAR. And because of that, you know, there, you know, it, you know, he, he made a very, he, he bucked the trend. You know, here's a guy from Alabama who was raised in Alabama. He grew underneath the Confederate flag and, you know, to go to NASCAR, which is their fan base is with, is a lot of Confederate flag flying, you know, fans, you know, to ask him to do that. And then for him to, you know, despite everything that's happened for him, you know, the community to kind of rally around, especially the fellow drivers. I thought that was just a really cool thing to see. And it was, you know, you know, that was the craziest thing I saw. And, uh, but it's, it's crazy in terms of, you know, it's, it's a good thing, yes. you know, that people taking stands, people are being heard and it's just not the CrossFit community. It's other, other sports as well, other walks of life. And hopefully, hopefully people see that and they use that for inspiration to make further changes, uh, especially in our community. So sorry to kill the mood. No, there. That, no, no, that's that awesome. That's a great one. one. Yeah. And, and I have to commend NASCAR because I lived in Tallahassee for four years and NASCAR's huge down there. To outlaw the Confederate flag at a NASCAR event is you are pissing off a good chunk of your fan base. And they did that knowing that they were going to piss them off. Mm-hmm. And they, so NASCAR taking a stand and supporting Bubba and opening the gates to a wider array of people to come watch a race. Yeah. I, th- that was a huge stand and, and they should be commended for it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just like how things, you know, this positivity and this inclusion is just permeating a lot of different areas, which is good, which what is what needs to happen. I think that's bottom line. I mean, I think you could do a whole uh, episode on your podcast about cancel culture and um, <laughs> you know, people, they, that, they use that word such a negative. I mean, I don't even know where it came from, but I hear it so often because, you know, if you ever read the comments and anything that Morning Chaka puts up, you hear that word a lot. 
um, virtual sig uh, signaling and cancer uh, cancel culture. But um, you know, good things have came from it. You can call it whatever you want, but you know, people are being heard. People, things are being done. Changes are being done for the better. So cancel. You, if you use that word, it's not a bad thing. You shouldn't be offended by it. And uh, yeah, let's bring all, this full circle. Big part of the, Let's do it. Full circle. Never let a crisis go to waste. Look at that. Never let a crisis go to waste. Yeah, there was yeah. some extra That's sound why well, we're just your friends. Yeah. So there we and go. Again, I know, like I said before, that I we had to have people canceling their affiliates to make a stand in order for this to all happen. Sure. And, and athletes to bail and, and everything else. Yeah, I agree. And sponsors to pull out. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, and it doesn't mean that the people that didn't bail support it were, were any less, you know, impactful or, you know, like they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Some you know people I mean? had to stay in, right. To right. show that there was something here to be worked on. But, but I think that, I think this all had to happen. Yeah. You needed all facets for this yeah. to work. Yep. And I'm so glad it did. And I'm looking forward to the future. And uh, there's so many great things to come. Thank you again, Patrick, for joining us this week. Anytime. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. Bye. See ya. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast. Remember, you can find us now on YouTube, as well as all major podcast platforms. Please go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you use, and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.